This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent and Lois Lane wait anxiously for the recovery of Abner Sykes fully realizing that the old telegrapher possesses the only key to Freeville's mysterious and devastating drought. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, it's hard to tell who's having the most fun collecting those swell comic buttons in that new series from packages of Kellogg's Pet, the fellas or the girls. Fact is, all you members of the gang are having a whale of a lot of fun, and there's a lot of rivalry to see whether fellas or girls can collect the most different buttons. Oh, it's almost like a race. And these pictures of your favorite comic strip characters are so doggone bright and smart-looking, everybody wants to collect all 18 in the series. That's right, 18 different comic strip characters in all, like Brenda Starr and, and Cindy and Spud and the Little Moose and uh, Goofy and Beezy and Judy and Corky and Superman, of course. So you better hop to it, gang. And these exciting comic buttons are really easy to get. You just ask Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pet and look for your prize inside every package you open. That's right. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere, but you get one plus loads of good breakfast eating in every package of Kellogg's Pet. The whole wheat flakes with a catchy golden toasted flavor that always tastes like more. Pep's good for you, too. It has extra amounts of energy, vitamin B1, and good old sunshine vitamin D. So ask Mom to get P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Incredible as it seemed, Clark Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, was unable to down to the suspicion that Uncle Ed Clayton, rabble-rousing ex-governor and senatorial candidate, was somehow responsible for the prolonged drought in the Freeville area, where 300 war veterans who strongly opposed Uncle Ed's un-American tactics had taken homesteads. After a thorough search of the area failed to verify his suspicions, however, Superman was about to admit he had been mistaken. He spotted a fire in a patch of woods on a distant mountain slope. Streaking there, he found a small cabin ablaze, and in the cabin, the unconscious figure of old Abner Sykes, the local telegrapher who had recently disappeared. As we continue now in a restaurant many miles away, 
Lois Lane has been called to the telephone. Listen. Hello? That you, Lois? Yes, Clark. That's right. Listen. Look, I want... Clark, I thought you were coming right back. Where are you? Well, what, 80 or 90 miles away. 80 or 90 miles away? Yes, in the mountains. Clark, what are you talking about? How could you be that far away? You only left here a half an hour ago. Oh, look, Lois, will you please stop interrupting? This is important. But how... Oh, all right. What is it, Clark? I get this. The municipal building, which is across the street from where you are, should be deserted by now. Yes. Also, it'll be dark out in front. Well, what of it? If you walk across the street, a friend of ours will pick you up and bring you out here. What friend will bring me where? Will you please stop asking questions and do as you're told? We haven't any time to lose. You're certainly being mysterious, I must say. I don't see oh, what... Oh, Lois, why don't you cooperate? Oh, all right, all right. I'll pay my dinner check immediately and go across the street. And there, a little man with a long white beard and a magic carpet will be waiting for me, I suppose, right? <laughs> you're pretty close, but... What? Get going, Lois. See you later. So long. So long. <laughs> Trust Clark Kent to be mysterious. And all the time, I'm sure he's just building atmosphere so he can keep me waiting out here for an hour and then show up with some cock and bull story about how to... Hope I didn't keep you waiting long, Miss Lane. Superman! That's right. You ready to take a little ride with me? Ride? With you? Uh-huh. Why, certain... Uh, wait a minute. What? Are you the friend Clark Kent said would call for me? Yes, now, if you're ready... Where is Clark? Well... And since when are you running a taxi service for him? Look, Miss Lane, I'm afraid some people across the street have spotted me, and that means there'll be a crowd around us in a moment, so if you're ready, let's get going. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, of course I'm ready. All right, up with you then. There. Now, up and away! (laughs) You all right, Miss Lane? Oh, yes. Regular airplanes are going to seem pretty tame after this. And I take it you like Kent's taxi service. Yes. So that reminds me. What? What are you doing here? And where is Clark? And how uh, do you... Oh, one question at a time, Miss Lane. It just happens that the story you and Kent are working on interests me. Oh, you mean the story I mean about... Uncle Ed Clayton's attempt to rule this state as a tyrannical demagogue and to promote anti-racial hate makes him a menace to America and to everything America stands for. It certainly does. But look, about Clark. What? Apparently you were just in contact with him. What well, I just doing... made a little discovery and I'm leaving Kent and you to follow it through. Really? What is it? You'll see for yourself in a moment. Hang on. Here we go down to those woods. Now! Here we are, Miss Lane. Yes, but... But where are we? See that little cabin? Or the charred remains of a cabin just up the hill there? Oh, yes. Well, go on up. You'll find Clark Kent in there and a surprise. A surprise? Yes. I'll see you later. But wait a minute, Superman. Kent will explain everything. Goodbye, Miss Lane. Up and away! Rocketing up from the little clearing, Superman disappears like a bolt into the sky. But unknown to Lois Lane, who hurries up the narrow winding path to the half-burned little cabin clinging to the side of the wooded mountain, the Man of Steel has plummeted to Earth on the other side of the cabin. There, swiftly resuming his guise and garb with Clark Kent, he slips around to the door just as Lois arrives, somewhat out of breath. Oh, there you are, Clark. Hello, Lois. What's going on here? What is this Come all inside. about? I've got a surprise for you. Really? Mm-hmm. Superman said he discovered something. Is that it? You bet. Watch where you step, Lois. We have a, have a little fire here, as you can see. A little fire? There's practically nothing left of this cabin. Now listen, Wait Clark. What... Look. <gasps> Who's that man lying on the couch? Whom does it look like? What? Why, it's Abner Sykes. That's right. But, but where did you find him? How are you he? feeling now, Mr. Sykes? Oh, might better. Good. Look, how did that you find... Superman feller get my condenser? Yes, he got it. Now, wait a minute. Okay, I'll set up the receiver then and... Oh! Nope, can't make it yet. Too weak. Well, you'd better rest a while. You had a bad time. Look, Clark, I wish you'd tell what me... What time what... is it? 
It's uh, just ten minutes of eight in the evening. Yes, and time you told me. Got a few minutes left to get my strength back. Then signals don't usually come in for eight. Tell me more about these signals, Mr. Sykes. What in Sykes? heaven's name are you talking about? And what are you doing here, Mr. Sykes? And why? Hold on, Miss you... Lane. Don't nobody talk to me till I get my strength back. No, but listen. Won't say nothing. Better be quiet, Lois. Just relax for a few minutes. Relax? Good heavens, of all the maddening people I ever saw. Clark, you've got to tell me, what is all this? What is Mr. Sykes doing in these mountains in a burned-out cabin? Hiding out, for one thing, Lois. But why? And why did he leave Freeville so suddenly the other day? For the reason that you figured. I was afraid the same man or men who shot at him would try again. You mean Uncle Ed Clayton's men? I think so. That right, Mr. Sykes? Ain't ready to talk yet. Well, go on, Clark, you tell me. Why did Clayton's men try to shoot him? Because Mr. Sykes knows something. Something he was going to tell us. And unless I'm very much mistaken, it has something to do with the drought in Freeville. What do you mean? Well, that's what I want Mr. Sykes to tell us. Oh, well, listen, Mr. Sykes. Quiet. He ain't talking yet. Oh, for the love of my... How long is this... Go- wait a minute. Now, he did have a pretty rough time. You see, somebody hit him on the head a little while ago, knocked him unconscious, and then set this cabin on fire. Good heavens! Then how did you... Well, I... Uh, I mean, Superman got here just in time to save him and then save what's left of this cabin. Yeah, and he saved my shortwave receiver. That's the important thing. Oh? Are you ready to talk now? Uh, yep. Well, who struck you and set the cabin on fire? The scientist feller. And another one. Who? What scientist fellow? Same one I went to see yesterday about them signals I've been picking up. Feller works for the county. What signals are you talking about, and why did you... You should have known better than to go to him when Uncle Ed gives out all the jobs in this county. You mean Mr. Clayton was responsible for this last attack on you, too? Yep. But why, Mr. Sykes? Just what is this all about? Dry spell in Freeville. I knew it. All right, keep talking, Mr. Sykes. What about the dry spell? Well, listen, I'm dead wrong, and I'm pretty sure I ain't now. Count what happened to me. That dry spell ain't a natural one. It's being caused by some mechanical means. Now we're getting someplace. Keep talking, Mr. Sykes. His eyes gleaming, Clark Kent orders old Abner Sykes to continue talking, while Lois Lane sits by, a look of shocked amazement on her face. What does the old telegrapher mean? In his little half-burned cabin in the mountains, old Abner Sykes has just startled Clark Kent and Lois Lane by saying, Listen, I'm dead wrong. I'm pretty sure I ain't now. Count what happened to me. That dry spell in Freeville ain't a natural one. It's being caused by some mechanical means. What? That's what I thought. Now can you tell us who's doing it, Mr. Sykes? Well, the way I got it lined up, Mr. Kent, it's being caused by Uncle Ed Clayton. Clayton? To bust them war veterans off their homesteads and drive them out of the state. Oh, nonsense. That's what Clark's been saying, but it's too silly for words. No, it isn't, Lois. I told you... Of course it is. How could Uncle Ed Clayton or any other human being cause a drought? Oh, I don't know. Do you, Mr. Sykes? Don't exactly know how yet, but I can prove Uncle Ed's doing it. How? You'll see. What time is it now? Uh, it's, uh, just two minutes to wait. Oh, well, just two minutes to go now, then. So I gotta work fast. Where's the condenser that Superman filler brought, eh? Mr. I've Kent? already installed it in your short wave set. Okay, then. Here goes. Here goes what? You'll hear in a minute, Miss Lane. Oh, now, look, Clark, I do think this is a lot of nonsense. Quiet, Lois. But, Clark, Please, nobody... Lois, be quiet for just a minute. Well, Mr. Sykes? Won't be long now, Mr. Kid. Them signals should be coming in any second. What signals? You'll see. Oh, sure, we'll see. If you ask me, I think Lois, all... please. Oh, all right. Get ready, Mr. Kent. Here she comes. Tensely, Clark Kent and old Abner Sykes lean closer to the shortwave receiver. And despite her skepticism, Lois Lane leans forward, too. 
What are they about to hear? Can it be possible that Clark Kent's suspicions were correct and that Uncle Ed Clayton, the rabble-rousing demagogue, is able to defy the forces of nature and cause a man-made drought? Tomorrow's episode is swift and exciting, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crits starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, while Superman, with the help of Abner Sykes, comes close to a solution of the mystery, Freeville's murderous bigots make plans to stop him at any cost. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, fellas and girls tell me that it's almost like a birthday every time Mother opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet. Because not only do you know that you're in for some mighty swell eating, but you also get a brand new bright colored comic button. It's an exclusive prize from Pet. Maybe it'll be a true-to-life picture of Vitamin Flintheart, all dressed up in a, in a woolly fur coat and red scarf and black slouch hat. Or maybe Tess Trueheart, heart-shaped hat and long blonde hair and all. Maybe Superman himself, his red cape flying in the wind. And if it's a duplicate, well, that's even more fun because then you can trade with your pals. So, gang, you better get busy. Just ask Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pep. That's right, you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these terrific comic buttons anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep and look for your prize inside every package you open. Pep's a prize when it comes to good eating, too. 
It tastes a doggone sunny and golden. It's as cheerful as bright golden sunshine at the breakfast table. Why, your very first spoonful of those toasted whole wheat flakes tells you this is going to be good. Yes, sir. Pep's the dish for breakfast these winter mornings. So ask Mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now the adventures of Superman. Working on a hunch, Clark Kent has set out to prove that Uncle Ed Clayton, the rabble-rousing ex-governor who is now a candidate for the Senate, is somehow responsible for the unnatural drought that threatens the existence of several hundred war veteran homesteaders. As Superman, he saved the life of old Abner Sykes, the aged Preville telegrapher, who, because he knows too much, had been struck on the head and left unconscious in a burning cabin in the mountains. Sykes blamed the attack on men connected with Uncle Ed Clayton and confirmed Kent's hunch when he said, Now I'm sure Uncle Ed's causing this drought. And I'll prove it. As we continue, in the half-burned little mountain cabin, Abner Sykes has turned on his shortwave radio receiver. To his companions, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, the elderly telegrapher explains... Eight o'clock. In a minute, you'll be hearing them signals. What signals? Radio signals I pick up every night at this time. That is, when there's been rain predicted for Freeville. So what? I don't understand what that has to do... Eh, just you listen, Miss Lane. Here they come. Well, I don't hear anything except a lot of static. Don't you hear that? Did that? Did that? Yes. Is that but... the signal you were talking about? Nope. That there's the code from the sending station, Mr. Kent. The signals follow right after. Oh, I see. They'll be coming through now. Say, what's happening? Yeah, reception's petering out, that's what. Don't you hear? Why, yes. What's but... the matter? I don't know. Never done that before. Hey, something's wrong. Where's my screwdriver? Oh, now, look, Clark, fun's fun. But after all, when two grown men actually believe that another man, a human being, can cause a drought, that's too much. I know it seems cockeyed, Lois, but I tell what you, you that What you tell it's... me makes no more sense than what Uncle Ed tells the superstitious backwoods people, that the drought was sent by heaven to punish the war veterans because some of their parents were born in a foreign country. It's the same thing at all, Lois. This is a scientific possibility. Hey, you ain't so smart as I thought you was, Mr. Kent. Why? What do you mean? Well, you put this condenser in wrong, that's why. Oh? Oh, bright boy. That's why we lost the code. Yeah, have it fixed in the jiffy, though. Sorry, I messed it up. Does that mean we lose those signals you were talking about? Nope. They usually last an hour or two. An hour or two? That long? Yep, sometimes three, four hours. There. That ought to do it. I hope so. Yeah, turn around again and see. I don't hear the code, Mr. Sykes. Nope. You hear the signals, either. They don't understand it. I, uh, I believe this is where we came in, Jim. Now, wait, wait, wait. I got an idea. XC3, calling XJ4. XC3, calling XJ4. Come in, Doc. Oh, now, that's the first bit of sense I've heard here this evening. You boys need a doctor, all right. Oh, Lois. Sorry. XC3, HJ4. XC3, HJ4. Come in, Doc. Whom are you calling, Mr. Sykes? Another radio hand. Lives over to Rollins. I want to ask him... Ford XC3. Evening, Abner. Oh, there he is. Evening, Doc. Listen, you been getting them funny signals tonight? Yes, I have, Abner. Came in promptly about eight as usual. Did you get them? Nope. There was something wrong with my condenser. Hey, you hear anything to account for their not being on now? Well, the last direction said something about 30 miles. I've noticed that there's usually a break when you say more than a few miles. What is this? Yes, that must be it, then. You're much obliged, Doc. Good night. Good night, Abner. Look, Mr. Sykes, just what is all this double talk now, about? Now, wait, Mr. Kent. Them signals will be on any minute again. You just be patient. In just a minute, I'm going to be fresh out of patience, because I still can't believe that these signals, or whatever they are, have anything to do with Uncle Ed causing a drought. Oh, is that so? 
Then how come when I told that feller in the county agricultural office about them signals and told him I figured they had something to do with the drought, he followed me back here and tried to kill me, hey? He did? Yep, he did. And I figured it's because he owes his job to Uncle Ed Clayton, just like everybody else in the county office does. So he hot put it to Uncle Ed, what I said, and Ed told him to get me. Hey, what do you think now, eh? I think that's a long jump to an even longer conclusion. Maybe not, Lois. Oh, now, look, Clark. I realize that Uncle Ed is a demagogue, the most vicious sort of hate monger and rabble rouser. But to think that he or, or any other mortal can stop rain from falling... Wait a minute, Lois, wait a minute. Isn't that the cold coming through again, Mr. Sykes? Yep, it is. Sit tight, because now you're really going to hear something. Tensely, Clark Kent and old Abner Sykes leaned toward the shortwave loudspeaker, waiting for what the old man called the signals to come through. But meanwhile, in what he refers to as his simple little place, but which is in reality a magnificent colonial mansion set in broad acres overlooking a river, Uncle Ed Clayton sits in his library with Fred Leonard, editor of the Freeville Gazette. Uh, trouble with you, Fred, is that you're a warrior. Maybe, but Why I... if that Jerry Barton fella and the newspaper gal did get away? Why, they can't hurt us none? I'm not so sure, Mr. Clayton. They heard you make that speech at the rally today, you know. So what? They can't prove nothing. Not even that I had anything to do with the boys leading them into that quicksand bog. Anyhow, all I care about is that no-count Abner Sykes being taken care of. You, uh... You are sure he was taken care of, ain't you, Fred? Well, Clarkson says so, Mr. Clayton. You can depend on him. Well, then, like I say, there ain't nothing to worry about. Why, them war veterans will be busted and pulling up stakes in another couple of weeks, and then we'll have things all our own way again, just the way we always did. I hope you're right. I know I am. And besides... Yeah, we'll answer the phone. Ed Clayton speaking. Oh? Oh, yes, oh, my. Huh? What's that? Give me that again. What's the matter? Just a minute, Fred. You sure about that, Homer? You did, huh? Okay. Good thing you called me. Right. Bye. What is it, Mr. Clayton? What is it? Well, just you listen to this. That old coot having the socks ain't no more dead than we are. What? That's right, son. Homer just heard him talk on his shortwave radio transmitter. But, but that's impossible. Clarkson said... Clarkson lied, consign him, and he'll pay for this. That don't matter right now. Them two Daily Planet reporters, Clark Kent and Miss Lane, are still around, and they're friendly with Absykes. I know so, they are. So what you gotta do, Fred, is personally see to it that old Abner don't tell him what he knows. Understand? You mean you want? I to... mean you gotta take care of Absykes yourself tonight. But Governor, don't I... give me no butt, son. Abner's out to that cabin of his right now. Now you get in your car with Hank and drive out there, lickety split. And when you get there, well, you know what to do. I know what to do, Mister Clayton. Good. And just in case them Daily Planet reporters are out there with Abner. Well, just make sure they stay there. Forever. What will happen at the little cabin in the mountains when the murder-bent Fred Leonard meets with our friends? In Abner Sykes' little mountain cabin, the old telegrapher and Clark Kent are listening tensely to voices issuing from the loudspeaker of the shortwave radio. Even Lois Lane, who has been skeptical, is interested. Hey, listen, Mr. Kent. I think them signal's about to commence again. I'm listening. About six there. miles south-southwest of K. Over. You hear that? Six miles south-southwest of K. Over. Six miles south. What does that mean, Clark? Not quite sure, Lois, but I think... Turnshot, three miles north. And watch Drifton just off east. Over. Three miles north, then Drifton east. Any more? Over. Oh, oh. Quiet, Lois, please. That's all for now. Check for pass. Over and out. Right. We'll check further for pass. Over and out. What gibberish? K R S. 
I wonder... Well, might as well turn it off. Won't be no more signals for a while. You wonder what, Clark? About all those peculiar directions. Tell me, Mr. Sykes, do you know of any, uh, well, towns or mountains or something in this section which begin with K and R? K and R? Uh-huh. I know there's a Rawlings, Clark. Say, that's right. It's not far from Freeville. Yep, and there's a Kennecott Junction about 30 miles north of here. Good, and... Pass. That might refer to a mountain pass. Might be good time pass, top of Mount Peel. Good. I think I've got the answer. Really? What is it? No time to explain now. i got to move fast. You two stay here. Where are you hey? going, Clark? Got a little job to do. I won't be long. You wait here. Hurrying from the little cabin, Clark Kent stops in the darkness and swiftly resumes his true identity of Superman. Then, if I'm right, I'll have the answer to the drought tonight. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> Leaping up from the dark mountain slope, Superman rockets away through the starlit sky. And in his haste, he does not look backward to the half-hidden, rutted road climbing to Abner Sykes' cabin, on which, at this moment, a car containing two armed men is toiling up the slope. Uncle Ed, the demagogue, has ordered Fred Leonard to do away with old Abner tonight, and to do likewise to any Daily Planet reporter found with him. What will happen to old Abner and to Lois Lane as Superman speaks farther and farther away? And what will the Man of Steel discover on his meteoric flight? Monday's suspenseful climax is full of thrills and surprises, fellows and girls. So don't fail to be with us. Tune in Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Superman uncovers the key to the plot behind Freeville's drought, he is unaware that Lois Lane and Abner Sykes are face to face with death. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, if somebody should just hand you a full set of that new series of 18 comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet all at once... It wouldn't be half so much fun as collecting them right along. Of course, you're always mighty proud to wear these slick-looking buttons on your jacket or your dress or cap, but you'd hate to miss the thrill of seeing which button is inside when Mom opens a new package of pet. And you'd sort of feel out of it if you couldn't trade duplicates with your pals and, and sort of race with them to see who can collect the most different buttons. Yes, sir, it's loads more fun to collect these pep comic buttons one by one. Brenda Starr and, and Goofy and Beezy and Superman and all the rest. And you know, they're so easy to get. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. You just ask Mom to get you plenty of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet, and look for a new comic button inside every package you open. 
And look for some mighty terrific eating, too, because these good whole wheat flakes are loaded with catchy sunshine flavor that invites you right back for more, which is a mighty good thing because Pep's so good for you with added energy vitamin B1 plus good old sunshine vitamin D that helps build strong bones and teeth. So get your good eating and your exciting prizes, gang, from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Incredible as it seems to Lois, Clark Kent suspects that Uncle Ed Clayton, political hate monger and candidate for the Senate, is somehow responsible for the prolonged drought in the Freeville area, an unusual and disastrous drought which is bankrupting hundreds of war veteran farmers. As Superman, Kent saved the life of Abner Sykes, the elderly telegrapher who had been attacked by Uncle Ed's henchmen and left to die in his burning mountain cabin. Then old Abner told Kent and Lois Lane of what he called strange signals that he picked up on his shortwave radio. And when Kent, too, heard the mysterious signals, he left to investigate as Superman. Meanwhile, learning that old Abner was still alive, Uncle Ed sent two men to do away with him. And as we continue now, the men have stopped their car at the foot of a narrow, rutted mountain road at the crest of which, silhouetted against a pale moon, is the half-burned little cabin in which Lois and Abner Sykes await the return of Kent. Listen. Okay, Hank. Get out. What's the idea, Fred? Why don't we drive right up to the cabin? Because we're playing it safe. Come on now, get out. Don't get it, Fred. Ain't nothing to this job. Ain't nobody but that old cool Abner Sykes up to the cabin. Can't tell. Those reporters might be with him. What reporters? Those two from Metropolis. Clark Kent and the Lane girl. Oh, them. Well, if they are there, we'll take care of them, too. Right. Uh, don't walk so far out on the road. Moon shining down on it. They might look down from the cabin and see us. Not much chance of that. Ain't much moon. We're not taking any chances. This job was messed up once today. I'm glad won't like it if it's messed up again. It won't be. Not with me on the job. That's what you said this afternoon. You're going to get rid of the lame girl and that war veteran, Jerry Parker. I know, I know. Look, I can't figure that out, Fred. My Charlie and me walked him almost up to the quicksand bog and made him keep going. I just can't figure out how they come to be still alive. You must have messed it up somehow. That's why Uncle Ed told me to handle this business tonight. Hold it, Hank. What's the matter? Somebody just opened the door of the cabin. You see? Yeah. Hey, it's a gal. Uh-huh. Can't be sure from here, but I think it's that reporter. It is, huh? Well, just step out of the way, Fred. I'll take care of her right now. Put your rifle down, you fool. Why? I can't miss it from here. Put the gun down, I said. You want to warn old Abner and maybe that other reporter can't that we're here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I know I am. Don't move now. She's looking around. Maybe she heard the car pull up. No, I don't think so. She went back from the cabin. Come on, Hank. Okay. But watch your step. I don't want it to hear us until we open the cabin door and walk in. Assassins approach closer and closer to the tiny cabin where Lois Lane and Abner Sykes await the return of Clark Kent. But meanwhile, having searched over Rawlings and Kennecott Junction, the two locations identified in the mysterious shortwave radio signals, Kent, as Superman, is now stationed in a rugged, windy pass atop Mount Peel, the loftiest range in the area, about 60 miles from Abner Sykes' cabin. Well, this is the third location mentioned in that mysterious code. I've been here 15 minutes, but I haven't seen a thing yet. Maybe Sykes and I misinterpreted those radio signals. Well, unless something happens soon, I'll have to give up and go... Wait a minute, what's that? Sounds like a plane. Yes, I was pretty sure a plane was mixed up in this. Now, where? I can hear it, but I can't see it. Strange. 
Coming closer. It's hell but a sound. I still can't see it. Wait a minute. I think I see it now. Yes, dead ahead and flying high. A small cabin job, camouflaged. Well, this is very interesting. I want a better look at that plane. Up and away! Leaping high from the mountain pass, Superman streaks toward the small camouflaged cabin plane which cruises through the dark sky. Then, checking his meteoric flight above the plane, the man of steel hovers closely above it, unseen. His keen eyes probing the hull of the ship to observe the two men in the cabin. His amazingly acute hearing attuned to their conversation. Where's the next one, Emery? Should That's be dead ahead in line with the pass if those last directions were accurate. Well, they haven't been wrong yet. No. There it is. A little above and off to the left. See it, Carson? Yeah, I see it. Get ready. All set. Okay, here we go, then. Now, where are they going? I don't see... Oh, I think I get it. Well, I guess I'll just follow them for a while. Away! They go right into this cloud. Something's dropping from the plane. Little pellets. Can't tell what they are, but I've got a hunch. Oh, there they go out of the cloud. I'd better listen to their conversation again. Away! That's what you think, brother. Plenty of rain up here, huh? You said it. Plenty. Yes, it is raining right behind us. Well, this confirms my suspicions because I had a hunch they were doing it this way. Just to make sure, I'll watch and wait for a double check. What's next from old Uncle Ed's boy, son? Uncle Ed, eh? Let's see. Here we are. About three miles to east. Three miles to east. Right. Here we go. Three miles to east. Oh, yes, I see it. Now I'll confirm my hunch about their method of operation. There it is, Ed. A nice big one. Those homesteaders can sure use that. Yeah, but they'll never get a chance to. Get ready to take her down. Okay. No, I think not, boys. I've seen enough. Now I think I'll join you. Down to that plane. Down. Every look. Hey, What? Permit me to introduce myself, gentlemen. My name is Superman. Well, Superman. Correct. At the moment, the protector of rain-bearing clouds. Ah, I wouldn't go for that pistol if I were you, Mr. Emery. That's the good little man. Hand it over. Thank you. Take her down, Mr. Carson. I said take her down, please. No, not up into that rain cloud. As you pointed out a moment ago, the war veterans in Freeville will be glad to see it. And this time, they're going to get it. Because from now on, Uncle Ed's man-made drought has ended. Now, now look here. Very clever of you to make the clouds spill their moisture before reaching Freeville. Look, we didn't mean any harm, Superman. That's right. You see, I... Had no harm. I suppose your ingenious method of creating a drought, your attempt to ruin several hundred war veterans who fought for the country, is your idea of a joke, eh? No, no, you, you don't understand. I understand everything, my whining friends. Take this plane down it. No, wait a minute. On second thought, head for Abner Sykes' cabin. I believe you know where that is, Carson. Who, me? Why, why no, Stop I... Stop lying. I know you tried to murder old Abner today. No, no, I didn't. Head for the cabin, I said. We'll let Mr. Sykes and Miss Lane be in on the last act of this dirty little play. Now, go on. Open it up and make time. Grimly, Superman directs the two trembling henchmen of Uncle Ed Clayton toward Abner Sykes' little cabin, 50 miles away, where, at this moment, Lois Lane and the elderly telegrapher are in deadly peril. In Abner Sykes' little cabin, Lois Lane has begun to be worried over the absence of Clark Kent. Returning from the door, she said to the old telegrapher, I'm worried, Mr. Sykes. I can't understand where Clark is. Every eye sized Mr. Kent up. He's a mighty smart young fellow, Miss Lane. 
Uh, you don't have to worry none about him. But how could he investigate those radio signals at night and in these mountains? I don't know, but like I say, I, I reckon he's smart enough to look out for himself. Well, maybe. But just the same, I can't help being worried. And if he doesn't come back right away, I'm going out to look for him. Well, who oh, is that? that must be caught now. Oh, no, Miss Lane, it isn't Kent at all. Uh, wait, hey, what in tarnation? Good heavens. Put your hands up, Abner. Mr. Leonard. Yep, and Uncle Ed's no count man, Charlie. Uh, now look here, you two. What do you two want? Why are you pointing those guns at us? Can't you guess, Miss Lane? Why, why no? Well, this is really the end of the trail for you, Miss Lane. And for Abner Sykes, too. Oh, no. Get set to let him have it, Hank. Her face drained of color. Lois Lane looked at the rifles in the hands of Fred Leonard and Hank. Rifles that are pointed steadily at her and Abner Sykes. Superman, hardly 50 miles away, could cover the distance to the cabin with the speed of light. But at present, unaware of his friend's peril, the Man of Steel is in a plane, which will require several minutes to reach the little mountain cabin. So what will happen to Lois and old Abner? We'll find that out tomorrow, gang, as well as just what is the secret method of preventing rainfall discovered by Superman. So don't fail to be with us then. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, as Superman exposes the bigoted Ed Clayton and saves Freeville from inevitable deterioration, alarming news awaits his return to Metropolis. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, I'll bet nowadays when Mom asks you to run an errand to the grocery store, you start out like a streak of lightning because she's pretty sure to be sending for some Kellogg's Pet. Folks like it that well for breakfast. And that means another bright-colored comic button to add to your collection of that exciting new series. There were 18 new and different buttons at all, you know. Old-time favorites like Judy and Corky and, and Pat Patton, Tess Trueheart, Chief Brandon, and, and Vitamin Frentheart, and Superman himself. And say, if you happen to get a duplicate, well, that's even more fun because then you can swap with your pals. And you know the best part is you don't have to send in a single penny to get these keen-looking buttons, not even a buck stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. They come only as prizes, one in every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. That's the come-on dish for breakfast, you know, the whole wheat flakes with a catchy sunshine flavor that really tickles your taste like anything. Why, a bowl of Kellogg's Pet looks a doggone sunny and golden and tastes a sunny and golden toasted that, well, you just show me a fellow or girl who can resist eating hearty. 
So ask Mom to get you plenty of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now the adventures of Superman. Superman's belief that the drought in the Freeville area was mechanically induced in order to ruin a community of farmer war veterans was startling substantiated when the Man of Steel intercepted a camouflaged cabin plane which was performing strange gyrations in the sky. Then, from the occupants of the plane, he learned the mystery of the drought and the fact that Uncle Ed Clayton, a hate-hungering senatorial candidate, was behind it. But at the same time, unknown to Superman, Lois Lane and Abner Sykes were waiting for him in the old telegraphist mountain cabin or in grave danger from two of Uncle Ed's henchmen. And as we continue now, Superman is in the camouflaged plane with the two captured pilots heading toward the cabin some 40 miles away. Suddenly, topping a tall ridge, the Man of Steel's X-ray vision pierces the dark miles ahead and reveals a shocking scene. Listen. Great Scott. Two men aiming rifles at Lois and Mr. Sykes. Oh, and over! Busting open the cabin door, Superman leaps from the plane, leaving the two pilots to stare after him open-mouthed as he flashes through the starry sky like a meteor whirled from its orbit. With the speed of light, the figure in red and blue rushes down upon the tiny cabin, where at that instant, facing the guns in the hands of Ed Clayton's henchman, Lois Lane gasps. No, don't, don't shoot! Don't waste your breath, Miss Lane. Them fellers work for Ed Clayton. He won't stop at nothing, not even murder. You're right, Abner. Uncle Ed's word is law in this here state. He says you and this newspaper gal dies. So here you come. You mean here I come? My glory, Up with those guns! Seizing the rifles of the would-be assassins, Superman thrust them upward, even as they squeeze the triggers and the deadly leaden pellets scream up through the burned cabin roof. Then, not pausing, Superman seizes the pop-eyed gunmen by the scruffs of their necks, wraps their heads sharply together, and as they fall unconscious, he turns to Lois and Sykes. I'm going to take these two characters with me. You, Miss Lane, and Mr. Sykes take their car and drive to state police headquarters at the county seat. Clark Kent will be waiting for you there. But Superman... Up and away! Now I must pick up that plane again because the evidence I need is in it. Oh, great Scott, where is... Uh-oh, there it is. And the pilot's making a desperate attempt to get away. Well, I'm sorry, my friends. But you're coming back with me to face the music. Away! Coming down on the fleeing plane, Superman dumps the two unconscious would-be assassins in with the now-panicky flyers. Then, grasping the plane's landing gear, he propels the aircraft with the speed of light toward the county airport. And a few minutes later, he delivers all four of Clayton's men to the state police. Meanwhile, in the sumptuous library of his palatial mansion on the river, Clayton is listening to startling news on his telephone. What? Rain? In Freeville? Well, that can't be. I can't understand it. Uh, you don't have to tell me the rain will save them veterans. I know that too well. Yeah, hey, you darn tootin'. I'll see about it. And right this minute, something went wrong, but I'm gonna... I'm afraid you won't do anything about it, Mr. Clayton. What? Uh, oh, uh, uh, look, I, uh, I'll call you back later, Hover. Bye. Well, well, if it ain't my old friend, Mr. Kent. Mighty nice of you to drop in on me, sir. I don't think you'll feel the same way about that when you hear well, why. Well, if it isn't Miss Lane and my old friend Major Renshaw in the state police. Hello, Mr. Clayton. <laughs> We've come here to... Why, nothing makes me so happy as to have my good friends around me. You know, that's, that's one of the blessings of these fine old United States. A man can get together with his friends in peace and freedom. You can skip the flag waving, Clayton. Yes, Mr. Clayton. You can let your hair down now. <laughs> you sure are amusing people. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, you, oh, let me offer you some refreshments. You know, nothing elaborate, you understand. I'm a poor, simple man, oh, but brother, uh, I'll be proud stay. to serve you what I can. Wait a minute. Stay where you are, Mr. Clayton. We've got something to say to you. Oh, <laughs> you, you have? Yes. 
Yeah. For one thing, we wanted to tell you that it's raining in Freeville. Oh, is that so? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yes, yeah, wonderful. What? Yeah. You, know, you know, I've been worrying about them poor homestead and war veterans uh, uh, being busted by the drought. And is that why you yeah. caused the drought, Mr. Clayton? I? I caused the drought? <laughs> that's a good joke, son. Really? <laughs> well, we don't think it's so funny. We yeah. certainly don't. You see, Mr. Clayton, we know all about your so clever plan. We learned about it from your two plane pilots, Carson and Emery. They confessed everything. Huh? Uh, confess, you say? That's right. Yes, they admitted they've been hired by you to fly into the rain clouds before the clouds reached the Freeville area. Then, also at your orders, they dropped dry ice, which resulted in saturating the moisture-laden clouds to a point where they released the rain at once, always on the other side of the mountains. Oh, now, now, uh, you must know that's preposterous, son. Why, that's Oh, no, it isn't. I just found out that the same thing was done as an experiment in upstate New York a few months ago. And that's where you must have gotten your idea. Why, why that's ridiculous, I say. Oh, yes, Clayton. Your men confessed. But I... What's more, we located a shortwave radio shack at the edge of your own estate, where your man was in contact with an observer some distance away, and from which he radioed the direction of the approaching rain clouds to your pilots in the plane. Incidentally, your radio man and the observer have confessed, too. Now, are you ready to come along with me quietly, Mr. Oh, now, 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 wait a minute, friends. Wait a minute. Why, uh, this is obviously a plot against me. Yes, sir. My enemies are trying to do me in. My political enemies, that is. Oh, come now, on, Now, why should I do a thing like this? Why, why, why should I cause a drought to injure the citizens of my own beloved state? Your own beloved state. Don't make me laugh. Why, Miss Wayne? Wait, you did this deliberately to ruin the war veterans who'd settled on homesteads here. You wanted to bankrupt them and so drive them out of the state. I didn't do no such thing, Kent. Why, you I feared them because you knew that men who had fought for America wouldn't stand for the kind of un-American government you'd set up when you were governor. A kind of government you now wanted to perpetuate as senator. Why, why, how dare you call me un-American, sir? Why, I'll fight to the last drop of my blood for the grand old Constitution. You would, eh? Well, the Constitution guarantees equal rights to every American, regardless of race or creed or color. But you've been trying to deprive the veterans of their simple right to make an honest living. That ain't true. It is true. I know because I heard you stir up the backwoods folks against the veterans by saying that the boys were foreigners because some of their parents were born abroad. Now, you look here. You're making a big mistake. Oh, no, I'm not, Mr. Clayton. Don't I Don't waste Jack- your breath on him, Lois. He's licked now, stripped of all power in this state, and so is his party. Oh, am I? Right. And it's a safe bet you'll spend the rest of your life in jail. All right, come along, Clayton. Oh, no, Major. I ain't going with you. Don't be a fool, Clayton. Don't move any of you. Look out, Major. You got a gun? Yes, I have. I aim to use it, too. Put that gun down, Clayton. No, I ain't a-putting it down till I put a bullet in each one of you. Because Uncle Ed Clayton ain't a-never going to no jail. No, sir, he... Listen to me. Be sensible, Clayton. I'm done listening, Major. You're all done living. Just you and these two pesky reporters. Wait, Clayton. Don't move, Kenton. You either, Major. Now, permit me to say goodbye, brother Americans. <laughs> Moving back a step, Uncle Ed Clayton levels his pistol at Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Major Renshaw. And as Kent hesitates, not knowing how to act without revealing himself as Superman, the man of hate's finger begins to squeeze the trigger. What will happen? In the library of his mansion, Uncle Ed Clayton has leveled a pistol at Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Major Renshaw of the state police. But just as Clayton is about to squeeze the trigger, Clark Kent goes into action. His foot, guided by muscles of steel, jerks backward, and the rug on which they all stand sweeps backward with him, spilling Ed Clayton, Major Renshaw, and Lois Lane into sprawling heap. The pistol shot goes wildly into the floor. Then Clayton speaks no more as Kent, hurling himself forward, throws a smacking blow at the chin of the infuriated demagogue. A moment later, Ed Clayton, unconscious, is handcuffed by Renshaw. Nice work, Kent. It certainly was. Why, Clark, you... 
You were wonderful. That? From you, Lois? Yes, from me. And I owe you an apology, too. Oh, no, this is too much. Everything you said about the story out here was right. But I sneered at you and I... No, wait a minute. Stop, Lois. You're turning my head. Look, why don't you get on Clayton's phone and give this story to Perry White? I'm sure Major Renshaw will excuse us. Why, sure. Go right ahead. You two have earned a scoop. Clayton will be quiet until the highway patrol car gets here to take him away. Thanks, Major. Go ahead, Lois. Call the plan. No, you call, Clark. After all, it is your story. Now I know I'm dreaming. Look, I tell you what. We'll split my life. Okay, it's a deal. Right. And thanks. <laughs> Wait till the chief gets a load of this story. It'll curl the few hairs he has left on his head. That's the story, Chief. Major Renshaw is waiting for a patrol car to take Clayton to the calaboose now, and Lois and I are going with him. Yeah. What? You kidding? What's up, Clark? What do you mean I should come back and leave Lois here? What's the... Leave... What? When was this? What, what, Clark? Just a moment, Lois. Yes, I hear you, Chief. I see. Well, that does make a difference. What? What makes a difference? Right. I'll come back at once, Chief. Be there in a few minutes. I mean, I'll leave at once. Right. So long. What is it, Clark? You have to finish up the story down here alone, Lois. I've got to get back to Metropolis in a hurry. But why? What happened? No time to tell you. So long. See you later. Rushing away from the surprised Lois Lane, Clark Kent leaves Ed Clayton's house by the rear door, strips off his business suit, and then as Superman rockets up into the air, bound for Metropolis. What did Editor Perry White tell Kent that caused him to leave in such haste? What has happened in Metropolis? We can tell you this much, gang. Superman and you are in for the surprise of your lives tomorrow when the Man of Steel confronts one of the most baffling adventures of his entire career. So whatever you do, don't fail to hear tomorrow's episode. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. 
Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-E-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Clark Kent and his friends Batman and Robin are shocked by a startling revelation that leads to an incredible mystery. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, those comic buttons you're all collecting in the new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pep sure do make a hit when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. They show up so clear and bright that... Well, folks, take a second look. And no wonder the pictures of your favorite comic strip characters are true to life. They're straight from the funny papers. You know uh, Vitamin Flintheart by his fuzzy fur coat and that slouch hat, and Brenda Starr by her long, wavy red hair, and Superman by his red insignia and cape flying in the wind, and all the others in this new series of 18 different buttons. Boy, is it fun to work on your collection of pet comic buttons and to trade duplicates with your friends. Now, you won't want to miss out, so get busy, gang. Ask Mom to get you a package or two of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. That's right. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these prices anywhere. You just look for your new comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And see how Pep brightens up your breakfast, too. Those golden toasted flakes of real whole wheat are so crisp and so fresh and so full up with catchy sunshine flavor that, well, your every spoonful calls you right back for more. So ask Mom to get plenty of P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now the adventures of Superman. Following his spectacular solution of the Freeville mystery and the arrest of the Honorable Ed Clayton, political demagogue, Clark Kent telephoned editor Perry White in Metropolis to relay the sensational story of the man-made drought. White then gave Kent a piece of information which sent the reporter rocketing back to Metropolis in the fastest way possible, as Superman. Today, as we join him, once more in his guise and garb of Clark Kent, he is entering Editor White's office in the Daily Planet. Listen. Hello, Chief. Uh, I mean, Caesar's ghost. Kent. Well, that's right, but why the surprise? Well, how, how, how did you get here so, so, so soon? What difference does that make? Difference? Why, why I was just talking with you on that. Oh, forget uh, that for the moment. What's going on here, Chief? I wish I knew. Look, you're not sick, are you? No. No, I'm not sick. Well, then what is the matter with you? You tell me that something terrific is going on and you need me here at once. When I get here, you make noises like a, a like an expiring fish. You can't. I, I, I always said it was impossible. But maybe you are at that. Maybe I'm what? Will you please tell me what you're talking about? Yes, I'll tell you. But you tell me something first, will you? Well, certainly. What do you want to know? Now, look. I talked to you on the telephone only a few minutes ago, right? Yes, but what? At that time, oh. you were in Freeville, 1,500 oh, oh. miles away. Well, uh, so you could get from Freeville, how, uh, uh, to Metropolis, a distance of 1,500 miles in uh, 10 minutes, uh, I, uh, unless uh, unless you are Superman. No, no, wait, wait. Uh, now, can you oh, explain? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, Chief. Uh, uh, how, how do you know I, I called you from uh, Freeville? <laughs> well, I, uh, well, didn't you? Uh, did, did I say so? Of course you did. And you're not going to get out of it any... Uh, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, what's the matter? Now that you mentioned it, I don't remember that you did say you were calling from Freeville. Oh? Uh, so that's the answer. Huh? Uh, you were right here in Metropolis when you called me. Uh, be right around the corner, huh? Well, all I can say, Chief, is that you're pretty sharp. Yeah, sharp as a butter knife. Uh, Boy, I ought to have my head examined for thinking, even for a second, that you could be Superman. Oh, not at all, Chief. Why do you... Oh, did... skip it, skip it, skip it. Yeah, Where's right. Lois? Didn't you come back with you? No, she stayed in Freeville to cover Ed Clayton's trial in the special election for Senate. Good, good. 
Say, now, look, will you please tell me what terrific something has been going on here that required my immediate presence? No. Well, well frankly, I don't know much about it, Ken. You don't know what? That Inspector Henderson called about an hour ago and asked for you. Oh, really? What's up? Well, I tell you, I don't know. All Henderson would tell me is that the most sensational story in years is going to break today, and for some special but secret reason, he wants you to come over to police headquarters as soon as you can. Well, sounds interesting. I'll hop right over to headquarters. Uh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you can't see Henderson right now. Well, why? You just said he wanted me I know, I know, but he called again a few minutes ago just before he came in. Well? And this time he said for you to sit tight, if and when you got in. Not to stir a step from this office until he called you. Well, that's odd. He said he'd probably call within the next 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, maybe that's Inspector now. I'll take it. Never mind. I've got it. Hello? Who? No, 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 I can't see him today, Miss Backrack. I'm very busy, Betty. Uh, sorry, sorry. False alarm? Yeah, fellow from the club with too much time in his hands looking for a place to waste it. Oh. He pounded my ear all last evening with his theory on the monkey burglar, and I guess he wants to continue the discussion. Monkey burglar? What's that? What's that? Don't you read your own newspapers? <laughs> your voice is changing, Chief, and you what? forget I've been away for a few days. Oh, that's right. Well, well, the monkey burglar is the hottest story in Metropolis right now, Kent. That's so? Tell me something about it. Well, Great Caesar. Maybe that's why he's calling you in. Now, look, Chief, this is all Greek to me. I know what a monkey is, and I know what a burglar is, but I don't see the connection. Well, here it is, Ken. Now, for the last few days, or nights, rather, we've had a series of sensational robberies in Metropolis. How do you mean sensational? Well, this fellow, who was obviously an amazing acrobat, is walking up the walls of very fashionable apartment buildings and apartment hotels. Walking up the walls? Yes. Letting himself in through the window to some millionaire's quarters, looting the place. Then he goes out the same way he came in. No kidding. And get this. In each case, he's robbed a building with doormen, elevator men, and even watchmen. But none of them has ever seen him. That sounds incredible, Chief. Yes, I know. Look, if, as you say, no one saw him, how do you know he goes up the walls of the buildings? Well, a couple of his victims have seen him slip in through the window, and after rifling their apartments, slip out the same window. Maybe use a fire escape. (laughs) That would be easy. Except that he robs apartments only on the side of the buildings in each case where there are no fire escapes. Oh, I see. Well, look, Chief, if one or two others of this uh, monkey burglar's victims saw him, as you say, they should be able to identify him. Yes, but they say they can't because it was always too dark when the burglary took place. Uh, but it does sound a little fishy to me that none of his victims can tell us anything about the fellow. It does to me, too. And that's why I say I think Henderson is holding out on us for some reason. So I want you to... Uh, just a minute. Hello? Oh, hello, Inspector. Yes, yes, he's here. Is that Henderson? Yes. Uh, what's that, Inspector? Well, he's... Okay. Right, Inspector. Don't hang up. Oh, I wanted to talk to him, Chief. He said he hasn't time to talk now, but he wants you to get right over to headquarters because the big story he mentioned is about to break. Oh, that's all I want to know. I'm on my way, Chief. Okay, but don't forget about the monkey burglar. How could I forget? I'll phone you from headquarters as soon as I get the lowdown. So long. Of course, you know, Inspector, you've got both Perry White and me sitting on tax. What is this terrific story you're going to let me in on? You'll see, Kent. And you'll agree it's terrific. Why, in all my years on the force, I've never seen or heard of anything like this. This gets better and better. No. No, it gets worse and worse. What do you mean? You know, a police officer isn't easily shocked, Kent. Especially when he's been on the force as long as I have. I know, but what? But I'm I'm shocked now. Shocked to my very toes. Shocked about what? Will you, for heaven's sake, please tell me what this is all about, Inspector? All right, here it is. Kent, I know who the monkey burglar is. You do? Yes. And that's what's shocked me so. Really? Well, I'd like to see this combination. Monkey, acrobat, and magician. Who is he? You'll see him. He's on his way here now. Ought to be here any minute, in fact. Hey, I don't get it, Inspector. You ought to be taking the to catch this fellow. But instead, you look as if you've been forced to lock up your own son or nephew or... Well, it's almost that bad. What? Yeah. Oh, just a minute, Ken. Yes? Here, Inspector. He's here. 
Should I bring him in? Yeah. Yeah, bring him right in, Healy. Right, sir. Here comes our monkey burglar now. You really got me curious, Inspector. I can hardly wait to see this phenomenon. Well, hang on to your hat, Kent. Because in just a few seconds, you're going to get the shock of your life. Almost breathless with curiosity and excitement, Clark Kent stands beside the grim-faced Inspector Henderson, his eyes on the door through which the mysterious monkey burglar will enter. Who is he? In Inspector Henderson's office, where he is waiting for the mysterious monkey burglar to be ushered in, Clark Kent starts in surprise, then steps forward, smiling and hand outstretched, as the door opens and Sergeant Healy ushers two figures into the office. Both figures, a man and a boy, are clothed in tight-fitting costumes and capes, and they wear bat-like hoods and masks. Batman and Robin. Well, how are you? Hello, Clark. Hi, Mr. Kent. Hi. How's tricks, Inspector? Hello, Inspector. Hello. Say, you fellas gave me a start. Inspector Anderson here told me to expect the monkey burglar to walk in, and here's the monkey too. burglar. Uh, that's right, Robin. Inspector Anderson said that. No, I've been reading about that, Inspector. Now I gather you call Robin and me and Kent here in to give you a hand in running him down, right? Not quite, Batman. We've already run him down. You have? Who is he? He's right here in this room. Yeah. What? Oh, wait a minute. What do you mean, Inspector? There's just Batman and Mr. Kent and I here. And you and Sergeant Healy. Why, you can't possibly mean you think one of us is the monkey burglar, can you? I can, and I do. But who? You don't know how much it hurts me to say this, gentlemen. But the person we've come to know as the monkey burglar is Robin. Me? What? Robin? Oh, of all the ridiculous... Now, wait a minute, Inspector. You heard me. I now have positive proof that Robin is the mysterious monkey burglar. Put the cuffs on him, Healy. For a moment, Clark Kent, Batman, and Robin can only stare open-mouthed as Sergeant Healy steps forward and snaps a handcuff on the wrist of Batman's young companion. Come along, son. Robin, as we know, has always been with Batman, a stalwart defender of law and order, striving at the danger of his life to protect the weak against the strong and uphold the laws of his city and country. And yet Inspector Henderson has just said he has positive proof that Robin is the amazingly acrobatic thief. What can this mean? We'll learn more about this startling situation tomorrow, so don't fail to be with us then. Yes, be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Say, gang, don't forget that this is Boy Scout Week. It celebrates the 37th anniversary of the Boy Scouts of America. Our scouts right here in America and in 50 other nations are doing a swell job working to make this a better world. Let's back them up all the way. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? 
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Clark Kent and Batman feel secure that Robin has an alibi, only to realize that their young friend is not free to account for his past activity. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, this business of collecting comic buttons in that new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pet is one game where the girls have just as much chance to win out as the fellas. Of course, uh, that makes for a race that's mighty exciting fun. And it's fun that'll last, too, for a long, long time. Because no sooner do you have a new button when Mom opens a new package of pet, than you're looking forward to getting another one. Or if you happen to get a duplicate, well, that's even more fun, because then you can shop around among your friends and see who has a pet comic button to swap with you. Yes, sir, you'll want the fun of collecting all 18 comic strip characters in this new series. Tess Trueheart and, and Chief Brandon and Superman and all the rest. So, gang, hop to it. Keep working on your collection. And remember that you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these pep comic buttons anywhere, but you'll find your exclusive prize every time you open a package of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. That's pep, the whole wheat flakes that taste so crisp and, and golden and delicious on a frosty morning that, well, you get a good start on a good day. Believe me, nobody wants to resist this gold and toasted breakfast cereal. It's super delicious. So remind Mom to get you plenty of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. When police inspector Henderson called Clark Kent, he told the reporter that a sensational story was about to break and asked him to hurry over to police headquarters at once. There, Henderson announced that he now knew the identity of the mysterious thief whom the newspapers had nicknamed the Monkey Burglar, an amazing acrobat who scaled the outside walls of fashionable apartment buildings and robbed the wealthy occupants. After advising Kent to prepare for a shock, Henderson opened his office door and admitted the famous Batman and Robin, his young companion. Then the inspector stunned his visitors by pointing a stern finger at Robin and saying, Gentlemen... I have positive proof that Robin, Batman's companion, is the thief we know as the monkey burglar. As we continue now, Kent, Batman, and Robin stand in speechless astonishment as Sergeant Healy at Henderson's command steps forward and snaps a handcuff on Robin's wrist. Then Batman finds his voice. Have you lost your mind, Inspector? Certainly not, Batman. I know. You must have. How can you say that Robin is the monkey bird? Why, of all the... Take it easy, Batman. He's probably kidding. No, I'm not. What a joke. Excuse me if I don't laugh. I'm not joking, Robin. You're not. 
Cut it out. Inspector, this has gone far I tell enough. you, I'm not joking. I know Robin is a mysterious monkey burglar, and I can prove it. Nonsense. Yeah? I only wish it were nonsense, Ken. Oh, well, now, look. You As can't... I told you before, finding this out about Robin was one of the greatest shocks of my life. Look, Inspector, a joke's a joke. But this one's gone far enough. Take those handcuffs off you, will you? Go ahead. Take them off for a few minutes. Yeah, please do. They bore me. Now, uh, wait outside here, please. Right. All right. Now that you've had your little fun, Inspector, will you please tell me seriously why you got us all down here? Yes, I haven't time for tomfoolery. There's plenty Will of... you fellas please get wise to the fact that I'm dead serious? Robin is the monkey burglar. And somebody's a monkey's uncle. Why, Robin? I have definite proof that he's a young acrobat who's been making the whole police force look like... 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 Like, like monkey? Well, go ahead and laugh. You can't laugh Robin out of this rat. Now, wait, Inspector. Why do you accuse Robin? Because he was seen by a couple of his victims. And they're on their way down here to identify him now. Identify him? Why, you're... Who are they? Well, one of them is Nelson Spaulding, the banker. Who was in bed when Robin came in through the window of his 20th floor apartment. 20th floor apartment? That's right, Kent. The boy apparently scaled the side wall, picking handholds in the stone and using his rope on the ledges to climb 20 stories. Pretty neat, huh? Bet you didn't think it was in me. Oh, cut the comedy, Robin. Go on, Inspector. Well, the moon was shining into the room. So Spalding managed to get a good look at the prowler. And he said it was Robin? No. No, but he said the monkey burglar was a youngster about five feet tall, weighing about 110 pounds. Hey, those are my measurements, but exactly. What else? He was wearing a skin-tight costume and tight red jacket. Uh-oh. And a bat-like hood and half mask. Well, also, he carried a rope. That's a nice description of Robin, all right. certainly is, Batman. Oh, yes. And Spaulding said the robber was armed. Oh, now, wait a I minute. I never carried a gun in my life. Of course not. That makes it obvious that somebody was impersonating Robin, Inspector. Sure it does. Oh, no, it doesn't. Can you find me another youngster in Metropolis, exactly Robin's size, who is also an amazing acrobat and rope expert? Well, it's possible. Yeah? And you got to show me. Now, here's what Roger Hartley, another victim, told us. Hartley, the steel magnet? That's right. He says the young prowler locked him in a closet before he rifled the apartment. But Hartley's bed lamp was on, so he got a look at him first. Well? He gave us the same description Spaulding did. Great Scott. But it wasn't me. What course it wasn't, Robin. Look, Inspector, this is ridiculous. Now, you've known Robin a long time, and you know he's always been on the side of law and order. I know he used to be, Kent. Well, he's but he's not it. anymore. Oh. And I've got the facts to prove it. What facts? Just that two men say they saw the burglars. Well, they're highly reputable men, and... Well, that's all of the better. When you bring Robin face to face with him, I'll bet you a new suit of clothes. They say that Robin isn't the monkey bird. Okay, Batman. I'll take that bet. As soon as Pauline and Hartley... Oh, just a minute. Yeah? Oh, they are, huh? Yeah. Okay, we'll be right there. Mr. Spaulding and Mr. Hartley are here now. Come on, let's go to the lineup room. Leaving his office, Inspector Henderson motions to Sergeant Haley to fall in beside Robin. Followed by Kent and Batman, he leads the way to a room built like a small theater. There, Robin is placed on a brightly lighted stage. And first, Nelson Spaulding, the distinguished banker, is ushered into the room. Is he the one who burglarized your apartment? Yes, he's the one. Uh-oh. Thank you, Mr. Spaulding. You may go now. Healy, bring Mr. Harvey in here. Look at the boy Mr. Harvey. Is he the one who entered your apartment last night, locked you in a closet, and then rifled your place? Yes. He's the one, Inspector. Oh, no. Easy, Batman. Thank you, Mr. Hartley. You may go now. I'll get in touch with you later. Very well, Inspector. Good night. Well, Batman, are you satisfied now? No, of course not. I still say this is absolutely ridiculous. 
It's open and shut that somebody's impersonating Robin. To throw the police off the track. I go along with you on that, Batman. Yeah, well, I don't buy it at all. Didn't you both just hear Mr. Spaulding and Mr. Hartley identify Robin? Yes, of course we did. But Mr. Spaulding saw the prowler by moonlight in the shadows of his room. That's right. And Mr. Hartley saw him only for a few seconds in the light of a small bed lamp. Both of them were startled, and if the youngster were dressed uh, uh, like Robin, or were about Robin's size... Oh, yes, and if he just scaled a 20-story building, a trick hardly any boy but Robin can do, for my money it was Robin. And any jury in the land will say so. Well, that's just circumstantial evidence, Inspector. Yeah, well, it's good enough for me. Oh, wait, Inspector, wait. What? I'm going to knock your theory into a cock hat like now. Yeah? Well, go ahead. Okay. Mr. Hartley was robbed last night. Mr. Spaulding was robbed the night before last, right? Right. And three other millionaires were robbed on the three preceding nights. Huh, nothing cheap about us monkey burglars, is it? Let's just stick to Spaulding and Hartley for the moment, Inspector. They were robbed the night, the night before last. Now, it just happens that I can't provide an alibi for Robin because I've been out of town for the last couple of weeks. So I just got back this morning. So did I. But I'm sure that Robin can alibi himself. Yeah? Well, Robin, where were you last night and the night before last at 11 o'clock? The time at which each of the robberies were pulled. Oh, that's easy. I was, um... Well? Go on, tell him, Robin. Oh, jeepers, I, I can't tell him, Batman. You what? I thought so. Why can't you tell, Robin? Well, I... You've got to tell us. I can't. Look, Robin, you know there's a serious charge against you. Oh, unless you're going to count for your movements last night or the night before, you'll be in trouble. I know it, Mr. Kent, but I can't tell you where I was. I... I just can't. I've heard enough. Governor. I'm satisfied. He's the monkey burglar, all right. Book him and lock him up, Healy. Stricken, Batman and Clark Kent can only stand helplessly by as Robin, his face pale, is led away by Sergeant Healy. Why did Robin refuse to account for his whereabouts on the nights of the robberies? Can he be the monkey burglar? Formally charged with being the daring monkey burglar, Robin has been fingerprinted and locked in a cell in the juvenile quarters of the city jail. Now, an hour later, Batman and Clark Kent are permitted to visit him, and we join them in his cell. Why would you tell Inspector Henderson what you did last night and the night before? You ought to know that, Batman. I ought to know. What do you mean, Robin? I can't tell you, Mr. Kent. I forgot I can tell you, because you know who I am. I know. Oh, you mean that you're Dick Grayson? Sure. Oh, I think I get it now. You Uh-oh. see, I went to the movies with Jim Olsen last night, and then stayed at his house overnight. Uh-huh. And the night before, I was at Charlie Singh's house. His father is the chemist at the health department, you know. He was helping us with our chemistry lessons. Oh, so that's it. Sure. Neither Jimmy nor Charlie Singh know I'm Robin. They only know me as Dick Grayson. So they can't provide an alibi for me. Unless I reveal to them and to the whole world that Dick Grayson and Robin are one and the same. Uh-oh. Of course I can't do that. No, no, you can't. But we can't let you go to jail either for crimes you didn't commit. What do you suggest we do, Clark? You got me, Batman. This is one of the toughest problems I've ever faced. Blankly, Batman and Clark Kent, who was really Superman, look at each other. Unable to see a way out of this strange web of incriminating circumstantial evidence. They admit that Robin's identity cannot be revealed. But without revealing his identity, how can he be saved from a long prison term? Well, you can be sure that Superman and Batman are not going to stand by idly for long. And tomorrow they hit on a daring plan. So be sure to find out what it is and if it succeeds. So be with us again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in the Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. P-E-E-Pet. Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, as Clark Kent and Batman plan a trap for the monkey burglar, they are unaware that Robin, spotted by the burglar's henchman, is dangerously unprotected. But first, here's a surprise for you. Gang, this is Superman. I want to introduce you to Miss Doris McFerrin, who is the editor of Radio Mirror magazine. Miss McFerrin. Thank you, Superman, and hello, fellas and girls. I came over here today to tell you about something Radio Mirror has done this month that it's never done before. Our editor's page has come out with a special tribute to Superman. Because he's done so much to show folks how important it is to respect each other's rights and to get along together. We've been watching this program for a long time, and we think, more than any other show, Superman makes us all want to do the right thing. Listening to your program's good fun, too. That's Radio Mirror's tribute to Superman and to the people behind him. Thank you, Miss McFerrin. That's thanks from me and from the whole Superman staff. And thanks, too, Miss McFerrin, from the Kellogg Company. Makers of Kellogg's Pep. Kellogg is mighty proud to be part of a program like Superman, a show that stands for all the things that are good and, and wholesome and right. Just like Kellogg's Pep adds the wholesome touch to breakfast for growing fellows and girls. Pep with its famous whole wheat nutrition. Pep that tastes so good. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. And now the adventures of Superman. Identified as wearing a costume similar to Robin's and displaying a similar acrobatic skill, an unknown boy has been electrifying Metropolis by scaling the walls of skyscraper apartments and robbing the wealthy occupants. Inspector Henderson brought Robin face to face with two of the victims, each of whom said that Batman's young companion is definitely the spectacular thief whom the newspapers called the Monkey Burglar. Then, to the dismay of Batman and Clark Kent, Robin refused to account for his whereabouts during the robberies and was promptly arrested and jailed. Later, he explained to Batman and Kent that he could not provide an alibi without revealing his identity as Dick Grayson. And as we continue now in Robin's cell, Batman says to Kent, We can't let Robin be sent for crimes he didn't commit, Clark. And he can't reveal his identity as Dick Grayson either. What do you suggest we do? I wish I knew, Batman, but it looks pretty bad. Sure does. Oh, don't you worry, Robin. We'll get you out of this some way. You hope. The monkey burglar, whoever he is, seems to have me roped, tied, and branded. Well, obviously, what we've got to do is find out who the monkey burglar really is. If I could only tell Henderson that the idea of Robin being a thief is ridiculous on the face of it, because he doesn't need the money. I've got plenty, you know. Well, you can only do that by revealing your identity as Bruce Wayne. Exactly. So we're right back where we started. Hey, wait a minute, Batman. What? Just thought of something. Let's go see Inspector Henderson. What for? Got a little idea, which, if it works, might lead us to the monkey burglar. Gee, what is it, Mr. Kent? I'll tell you later, Robin. Meanwhile, keep your chin up. Inspector Henderson will play ball with us. We'll have you free in jig time. Come on, Batman, let's get out of here. 
Doctor, just listen a moment, Inspector. Look, the you're ho- wasting your time, Kent. But I tell you, uh, according to the law, I can hold Robin for 48 hours before he comes up for bail. I know you can. And I'm if only... you think you can talk me into releasing him before that... But you've got to release him, Inspector. That's the only way we can find the monkey burglar. I've already got the monkey burglar. Oh. If you mean Robin, Inspector, you're all wet. Now, just a minute, now, Wait a minute, wait a minute, both of you. Listen to me, Inspector. It's no use, Kent. But I only... The evidence I've got against Robin is airtight. What evidence? Yes. Just because a thief dresses up like Robin and a couple of fuddy-duddies mistake him in the, the dark is... The witnesses are highly responsible men. They made a mistake the same as you did. If you'll just you open your eyes, Batman... Please, please, wait a minute. Cut it out. No, you're upset, Batman, but quiet down, will you? All right, te- please. Okay, Clark. I'm sorry, Inspector. Forget it. Have a look, Inspector. You've known Batman and Robin a long time, haven't you? Yes. And on many occasions, they've been of great aid to the police department, Right. Well, yes. But You've never that? had the slightest reason to question their honesty and integrity, have you? Certainly not. Thanks. What? What does that prove? It proves that Robin is entitled to the benefit of the doubt. And it there proves is that... no doubt, Kent. Oh, of course Robin there... was positively identified as the monkey burglar by two victims of the monkey burglar. I still say that's wait, a lot. Wait, wait, Batman. Wait a minute. Let me handle this. Well, okay, okay. Now, look, Inspector. Mr. Spaulding, the banker, says he saw this monkey burglar in his room by moonlight, didn't he? That's right. And then he saw Robin face to face and identified. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The fellow he saw was Robin Size, wearing a similar costume and a hood and half mask. Right. Under those conditions, isn't it conceivable that Mr. Spaulding could very easily mistake the prowler for Robin? Which is obviously what he was meant to do because the fellow was impersonating Robin. Oh, rats. The prowler was a youngster, and he climbed the face of a 20-story building using only his hands and a rope. But that... And Robin's the only remarkable kid acrobat and rope expert I ever heard of. Ah, that you ever heard of. But that doesn't mean that Robin is the only remarkable acrobat or rope expert. Don't you see at least the possibility that somebody just as good at those things as Robin is deliberately posing as our young friend in order to throw the police off his track? Why, it's as plain as the nose on your face. Well, yes. Yes, I admit that's a possibility, ah. but I think it's pretty far-fetched. Certainly not more far-fetched than believing Robin's a thief. Oh, come on, Inspector. Come on, give us a chance to clear this boy. Release no, him and... We- can't I can't. But I... The mayor, the newspapers, all the big shots in this town have been riding me on this case, demanding that I catch the monkey burglar. Well, that's just it. I think we can catch the real burglar and recover some of the loot if you'll cooperate. But we've got to act fast. Yeah? Oh. Well, I've got a little plan, but it depends on your releasing Robin for 48 hours. I'll be responsible for it. So him, will I. And so will Perry White and the Daily Planet. Oh, now, look. Just for 48 hours, Inspector. What can you lose? Well... Just for 48 hours. I guarantee that if we haven't caught the real monkey burglar by that time, we'll turn Robin back to you. That's a fair deal. How about it, Inspector? Well, before I commit myself, what's your plan, Kent? Uh, well, I'd, I'd rather not discuss it yet. It isn't quite perfected. Oh, now, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. No, 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 I've heard that line from you before. Okay, but have I ever given you a bump steer? Well, no, but... All right, then be a good sport and play ball, Inspector. I don't think that deep in your heart you believe Robin is guilty either, so give us a chance to clear him, huh? Oh, drat you, Kent. You could talk the hind leg off of a mule. Then you'll do it? Yes. Yes, I release him. That's wonderful. Thanks a lot, Inspector. But only for 48 hours, mind you. That's a bargain. Make out the necessary papers, Inspector. One of us will be right back to pick him up. Come on, Batman. Okay, Kent. Look, Mark. 48 hours doesn't give us much time. What's your plan? I haven't time to explain now, Batman, but if you'll just do as I say and not interrupt me, I think we can put it over. All right, what do you want me to do? First, I want you to take Robin over to Jim Olsen's house. To Jim's house? What for? I think he'd be safe there. Tell him to stay there, not to stir out of the house for any reason. Okay, then what? Then you come to the Daily Planet. I ought to have everything worked out by then. But what do you... No more questions now, Batman. i got to get going. I'll explain everything at the plant. So long. Turning away from Batman, Clark Kent hurries from police headquarters. What is his plan to trap the real monkey burglar and so clear Robin? Following Clark Kent's instructions, Batman has taken Robin to Jimmy Olsen's house. Then, resuming the dress and manner of Bruce Wayne, the wealthy playboy, he tags him to the Daily Planet, where we join him now in Kent's office. Okay, Clark. 
Robert, that Jim Olsen's house with strict orders to stay undercover. Now, start talking about your plan. Okay, Bruce, here it is. We know that the monkey burglar has been impersonating Robin to keep the police off his own track. Right. So it stands to reason he wouldn't pull off any more robberies while Robin was known to be in jail, would he? Well, of course not. Say, wait a minute. Is that why you got Henderson to release Robin? Well, naturally. With Robin loose, our acrobatic thief will feel free once again to do his stuff. And that's where you and I come in. You mean we nab him in the act, eh? Right. Oh, that's a tall order. Even for Batman and Superman. Why? How do we know where he's going to strike? Well, the way things shape up, we can be fairly sure. How? Well, I've discovered since I left you that most of the fashionable apartment buildings in Metropolis, where the big money people live, put on special guards today to protect the buildings from the monkey burglar. Uh-uh, that's not so good. If we're to catch the fellow, I mean. He'll spot the guards and shy off. Right. But not all the classy apartments put on guards, and one of them that didn't is the one we're interested in. All right, but just the same... Wait a minute, listen. I've just done a page one story for the planet, which will be on the streets in an hour. The story announces the release of Robin from jail. Oh? And it also lists the buildings which have hired special guards. I see, but... Another little story, which I had moved from page 10 to page 1, tells about Mr. and Mrs. Harvey Sims, the oil millionaires who collect precious jewels. What about them? They've rented an apartment for the rest of the winter in the Windsor Arms. They moved in yesterday with their jewel collection and all. Oh, you mean... Yes, the Windsor Arms is not one of the buildings listed as hiring special guards to watch out for the monkey burglars. So you think our friend will make a try for the Sims jewels? Well, if he works according to pattern, as most thieves do, he will. He only works on millionaires, you know. Yes, I know. And you and I will be waiting near the Windsor Arms tonight. We'll be up in the sky where we have a good view as Superman and Batman. And when our friend shows up... We grab him. Right. Now, the trap works, and I've got a hunch it will. Robin will be cleared tonight. Eagerly, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, who are really the famous Superman and Batman, complete their plans for the trap which they hope will net the mysterious monkey burglar and clear Robin. But meanwhile, in a small apartment in another part of the city, a thin, wiry man in shirt sleeves, wearing a hat on the back of his head and smoking a cigar, answers the telephone. Hello? Yeah, who's this? Jonesy. Oh, yeah, Listen, Jonesy. The cops let that kid Robin go. I know, I just seen it in the papers. Did you tell him? Sure, sure. He left the city jail in a taxi. Oh, good. Where'd he go? To a little house over on West Willow Street. Some people named Olson live there. Well, is he still there? Sure. Slim is watching the place while I came over to the corner to phone you. Good boy, Jonesy. This works out swell, just swell. Now, you and Slim stay there. I'll be right out. Getting dark, so everything will be hunky-dory. What are you going to do, Spider? Uh, what do you suppose, Dopey? You and Slim stay right where you are. I'll be right out. Hanging up the phone, the little man puts on his coat, jams his hat down low over his forehead, leaves his apartment, his pig-like eyes gleaming as he pats a suspicious bulge near his left arm. This is a development neither Superman nor Batman foresaw. Now what will happen to Robin? And perhaps to Jimmy, too? As Superman and Batman set their trap for the monkey burglar, who in turn is setting his trap for Robin. Monday's episode is packed with suspense and action, so don't miss it whatever you do. Tune in Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep, P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Superman and Batman face the desperate fact that so far everything that has happened has succeeded only in making the case against Robin very much blacker. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, it seems like there's no lack of something to talk about when any of you fellows or girls get together, and no lack of something to do, because all the gang's collecting those exciting comic buttons in the new series from packages of Kellogg's Pep. So you all want to compare notes on how many buttons everybody's collected. And there's quite a business of trading duplicates, too. That's a swell way to add to your collection. Fact is, it seems like you might feel kind of out of things if you're not collecting Pep comic buttons. And these exciting prizes are so doggone smart-looking. Full, bright comic strip colors, the pictures of old funny paper favorites like Pat Patton and, and Cindy and Superman show up like anything when you wear your comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or your cap. So, hop to it, gang. Now, you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere, but you'll find one inside every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. That's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Pep, the golden toasted whole wheat flakes with that catchy sunshine flavor. Yes, sir, and Pep's good for you, too. Mom knows that. It gives you added amounts of an energy vitamin, B1, and that good old sunshine vitamin D. So get your good eating and your exciting prizes, gang, from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you know, Robin, young companion of the famous Batman, has been arrested. Accused of being the so-called monkey burglar. A daring acrobatic young thief who, wearing a costume, hood, and mask similar to Robin's, has been scaling the outside walls of exclusive skyscraper apartments and robbing the wealthy occupants. Clark Kent finally persuaded Inspector Henderson to release the youngster for 48 hours, promising to produce the real monkey burglar in that time or return Robin to custody. Then, while Batman took his young companion to Jimmy Olsen's house, Kent baited a trap for the mysterious thief, unaware that a man called Spider had had Robin trailed to Jimmy's house. As we continue that evening, Spider has stopped his car on the quiet street where Jimmy lives and lightly sounded his horn. A heavy-set man emerges from the shadows and strolls over to the car. Listen. That you, Spider? Yeah. What gives, Jonesy? That Robin kid's still in there. Yeah? Where? In that frame house across the street. The one where the hedge is. Oh. Who's in there with him? Young guy and his mother. Olsen, that name is. You sure that Batman guy ain't around? Positive. He brought Robin here and then vamoosed. Good. I wouldn't want to tangle with him. Uh, me either, Spider. Okay. Now, this should be a fight. We're slim. Down at the corner. You want I should get him? Yeah. Help us handle two kids and an old dame? Nah. We'll pick him up on the way back. Get in. Get in. You heard me. Get in the car. I'm going to run it up in front of the house. Okay. Uh, what are we going to do, Spider? We're going to fix it so the monkey burns.
burglar can operate again tonight. I got a bit of a job picked out for him. Yeah? How you gonna fix it? By taking care of this Robin character, that's how. You mean you're gonna... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has worked out perfect, Jonesy. It's unnatural. Uh-huh. But what if this guy... Hold here... it. This the place? Yeah. Okay, get out. Oh, wait, Spider. You didn't tell me what to do yet. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Now, get out. Okay. Yeah. We'll leave the door open and the motor running. Go on. Hey, but, uh, will you please tell me? Now, listen, Jonesy. Now, here's what we're going to do. You walk up to the door, see? Ring the bell. Swiftly issuing instructions, the man called Spider leads his henchman up the steps to Jimmy Olsen's door. Meanwhile, unaware of the impending danger to Robin and Jimmy, Superman carrying Batman hurtles through the dark sky and checks his flight above the tall, exclusive apartment building known as the Windsor Arms. Here we are, Batman. That's the Windsor Arms just below us. I see. Where's that oil millionaire's apartment, do you know? Yes, I checked and learned that Mr. Sims occupies the entire 18th floor. Oh, that'll be a tough climb for Mr. Monkey Burglar. Not at all. He's climbed as high as 22 stories. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're all set for him if he only shows up. I think he will. My story in the Daily Planet says Mr. Sims and his wife have their valuable jewel collection in their apartment. Uh Uh-huh. There are no special guards patrolling the building to watch out for our friend. Mm, This setup has made order for him, all right? Certainly is. That's why I'm so sure he'll show up. He's got to. It's the only way we can clear Robin. Yes, I know. Uh Oh. Ten o'clock. It's pretty late. Where is that human fly? It's still too early for him. Most of his jobs are pulled around 11. Oh. Well, here's hoping he shows up a little earlier tonight. Eleven o'clock, Superman. I'm afraid we drew a blank tonight. Take it easy, chum. According to the record, this is about the time the monkey burglar goes to work. Well, I wish you'd check in and punch the time clock. Waiting around up in the sky is getting me down. Well, I should have brought a reading lamp and a book for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I am doing a lot of grinding. Forget it. But I'm worried about Robin. Inspector Henderson is practically convinced he's the monkey burglar. We'll unconvince him as soon as we. Wait a minute. What's that? What? You see our friend? No, but I thought I heard something. Naturally, I couldn't hear anything but the wind way up here. But everything looks quiet down below. There it is again. What is it? A radio. And it's that. Yes, it's in that police patrol car going past down there. Oh. Hang on, Batman. We're going down over that squad car to listen in. Down! That's the squad car just beneath us, Batman. All right, you see that? Why? Wait a minute. There goes their radio again. Listen. Car 17763. Go to 1116 West Willow Street at 1. Say, that's Jim Olsen's address. What? I can't understand. Police officer wounded in gunfight. Gunfight at Jim's house. Good grief. Hang on, Batman. We're going out there and fast. Better rip. Up and away. Superman rockets up from his position above the speeding radio car and streaks away toward Jimmy Olsen's house, carrying the equally worried Batman. Like a meteor torn from its orbit, the Man of Steel flashes along the dark skyways, and a moment later, he plummets to Earth before the Olsen's brightly lighted little frame house. There, he and Batman find that one police squad car has already arrived, and an officer is holding back a small crowd. Inside the house in the living room, a police sergeant is administering first aid to a patrolman who has been wounded in the leg. Quickly, Superman and Batman buttonhole Lieutenant O'Brien. Where are Jim and Robin? What happened? As I get it from Patrolman Ross, that's him on the cart seat. Yes. yes. He was walking up the street to his home. He lives just a block away. Yes. Go on. He heard a rumpus going on at the Olsen door here. And then saw two men coming down the steps, dragging two boys. Jim and Robin? Yeah. Well, Ross came on the double, calling to them, and both men fired at him. Oh? A bullet got him in the leg and he dropped. Then by the time he got his own gun out and let go at them, 
They dumped the two boys in the, in the car at the curb and stepped away. Holy smoke. Did the officer hit one then? We don't know. They drove away so fast. Great Scott. Oh, heaven only knows we're robbing a gym on now, Superman. Or what's happened to them? With the color drained from their faces, Superman and Batman stand rigid, shocked, wondering what may have happened to Robin and Jimmy Olsen. As we return now, it is an hour later. Superman and Batman have failed to find any trace of Robin and Jimmy Olsen. And now with Superman and his guise of Clark Kent, they are in Inspector Henderson's office at police headquarters. Look, Inspector, hasn't Patrolman Ross been able to give any description of the men who took Jim and Robin away? No, Kent, none at all. Uh-oh. But how is it, it possible? It was dark, you know. And he didn't get closer than 50 feet to them before he was shot. Yeah. And I understand Mrs. Olsen didn't see them either, because she was upstairs at the time. That's right, Batman. Nope. Nope, we haven't a single clue, except that Ross thinks they took the boys away in a Chevy sedan. And as you know, there are any number of cars like that in Metropolis. Yes, we can't count on that as a clue. Uh, I can't figure it out. The Olsen house wasn't robbed. The boys don't have any money. What do you suppose was the purpose of taking them away? I don't know. I think I can sh- guess why. Yeah? Well, go ahead, Clark. If you have any ideas, for heaven's sakes, let's have them. Well, I think the reason oh, they... Oh, uh, just a minute, Ken. Okay. Yeah? Oh, yes, Healy. What? What's that? What's up, Inspector? Where? When? Uh-huh. Well, I'll be a horse's neck. So that's the answer. What? Anything about Robin and Jim? Wait right there, Hippie. I'll be right out. You bet I will. Right. So long. What happened, Inspector? Yes, and what are you glaring at me for? Because you and your friend Kent here took me for a sleigh ride, Batman. What? Oh, wait a minute. What do you mean, Inspector? I mean that Robin's done it again. What? Robin's done what again? I'm not so sure you don't know. But just to clear all possible doubts, I'll tell you. Robin was up to his monkey burglar tricks again tonight. What? Oh, no. That's oh, yeah. He scaled the outside wall of the Windsor Arms Apartments. The Windsor Arms? Climbed 18 stories, then entered and robbed the apartment of Mr. and Mrs. Howard Sims, the oil millionaire. Oh, what no. I tell you? Yeah, he locked up Mr. and Mrs. Sims in another room. Then he lifted their jewel collection, which is worth over a quarter of a million dollars. Right, Scott. Oh, wait, Inspector. It couldn't have been Robin. It was Robin, all right. Robin, the monkey burglar. Because, again, the description given by both Mr. and Mrs. Sims identified. But how could it have been? That's why Robin was supposedly abducted from Jim Olsen's house tonight. So he could rob the Sims place. Are you kidding? No. And nobody's kidding me, either. Robin is the monkey burglar. And there's not a doubt in the world about it. Clark Kent and Batman see the iron jaws of a cunning trap closing around Robin and realize to their dismay that if they had waited above the Windsor Arms apartments only a short time longer, they would have captured the real monkey burglar. But Robin, now branded a thief by the police, is missing, and so is Jimmy Olsen. Where are they, and what has happened to them? Rarely have Superman and Batman faced such a bewildering predicament as the one in which they are forced to fight a clever, ruthless foe was unknown to them. So be with us tomorrow when they seek to come to grips with the elusive monkey burglar and meet an even bigger surprise. For a thrill a minute, be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes. 
Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!